Welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, an exclusive real estate platform created to take your real estate career to the next level. My name is Matt Smith and I run the number 15 real estate team in the nation. For years, I've had mentors and colleagues pour into me and now it's my turn to give back. This is not your typical real estate podcast. I work in the trenches every single day and I'm offering you real advice, no bullshit, no fluff, no theories, these are proven processes that will take you to the next level no matter where you are in your business. My team was also featured as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the nation and I'm also a real estate coach through Cheplak Select Coaching as just another way for me to give back. So I have just one question. Are you ready to give it your all or nothing? Welcome back to All or Nothing in Real Estate. This is episode 20. Today, we've got a very, very special guest. Um, I actually just made a nickname for her um, as we were as we were talking about that. She's the ISA queen. Um, I don't know if she's been called that before, but I'm going to call her that. <laughs> it's um, official the now. One and, the one and only Alita Reynolds. Alita, welcome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. It used to be the dialing queen, but I haven't been dialing live uh, too often. So I'll, I'll take ISA queen. <laughs> I love it. And as always, we've got Colin with us. Colin, say hi. Hey, guys. Good to be here. The man uh, behind the magic. That's right. As Alita figured out very early on, Colin's here to keep me on, on task. Mm. I'm a detail guy. So, um, so Alita, let's, let's just start this with, um, give us a little background on who you are um, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you said, I specialize in the ISA model. So anything to do with the ISA. Um, and for those of you that don't know what an ISA does, that stands for Inside Sales Associate, but really they're in charge of your lead hub. Leads come in, they make the first contact, they do a quality connect, and they're in charge of what happens after that lead comes in all the way down to are they in the dumpster? Are they in the pipeline? Are they at the closing table? Um, and sometimes they're referenced as OSAs, but we typically, in my world, we're all ISAs. Um, but my background's all real estate. I bought my first house uh, after I graduated high school when I was 18, because uh, I graduated with the income to qualify. And I thought, man, I could really do that better. <laughs> you made how much? Um, and, uh, I graduated early, so I couldn't take my scholarships. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'll just do real estate and then I'll go to school and make some money and I'll be an investor. Um, and so that's where I started out. But, uh, 17 years later, I I'm here. I think, I think I'm in it for life. <laughs> yeah. But once you get so far into it, it's, um, you love the love hate relationship. You can't, you can't help, but want more. Um, yeah. You have so much learned knowledge. I mean, I, I started off as a, as a, uh, an assistant for a luxury team. And then I was a buyer's agent and then I did cold calls for my broker. And then I was a listing agent. <laughs> and then I started the ISA model for, you know, developing call centers. And, and that's really where I've stuck. And I love it. I feel like there's a huge need for it in our industry. And, um, it, it is my one thing. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love that. And it shows through to your passion. Your passion shows through in your work. Um, so let me let me just kind of future pace a little bit. So during this episode, we're going to cover anything and everything ISA. Like Alita opened up with, here's what an ISA stands for. But we're going to go so granular and so much high level too, that if you already have an ISA department, I promise you, you will get value. If you've never heard of the term ISA, there will be value in this episode. So this episode will cover all of that. Um, so with that being said, Alita, tell us a little bit about your ISA. So you have a national ISA company. Tell us yeah. a little bit more about that. 
Yes, I do. And it's all virtual now. I used to have brick and mortar at once upon a time. I had three locations. Um, I've had over 300 ISAs, you know, trained and working for clients nationally and really got so big that we lost control of quality. Um, quality is the first thing to go. Um, and it, it's sometimes the first issue you have when you start implementing an ISA and it's something that you develop over time, but without that specific instruction and management, it's the first thing to go. And it's the first thing that loses value it, without quality. You don't have an effective ISA whatsoever. So, um, that's where I just re-envisioned everything. Now I have 60 ISAs nationally and I mean, they're, they're killers, they're killers on the phone. We have a really tight operation. And because I was able to replace myself in the general management area um, by an ISA that grew with me for the last four and a half years, I can now give back to the real estate community by doing the ISA coaching and training. So my huge thing right now is showing you guys how to implement that model into your business and then specifically train your ISA. And we're talking like the specifics where if I was a dance instructor, I would be repositioning your hands and moving your feet and adjusting your strap. I mean, this is very, very specific ISA training, not just theory. I love it. So, um, I, I that, you covered a lot right there. So you had over 300 ISAs at one point in time. Yep. That's huge. Um, and, yep. and I love your reasoning for scaling down too, is because you lost control of quality. Right. And so, um, for people that may be wondering, well, how do you lose control of quality? When you say you lost control of quality in your ISAs, what do you mean by that? Well, it, once upon a time, when I first developed my call center, I was reviewing all of the day end reports. And because I dialed for myself and I dialed for other team leaders, and I started my company by dialing nationally for the TLs and the brokers, I knew what a good contact, contact rate was for that data source. I knew that if they were dialing Vulcan 7, or if they were dialing pay-per-click, or if they were dialing Zillow, what their outbound dial to contact rate should be. And in the beginning, I always reviewed those day and reports. It was the last thing I did at the end of every day. And I caught the red flags. I also was able to perfect note-taking and what they were telling the real estate agent after they got done talking to someone. And I was able to give valuable feedback. Well, after we outgrew, I mean, after my first hundred ISAs and all these clients and all these moving parts, and I was trying to replace myself in the grind so I could go back to the training it, it just, everything just kind of uh, imploded. And as a business owner, when, and I'm very social and I love to help people. And when I get on social media and there's so much disappointment revolving around what I do and the ISA world is still like, you're only as good as your last appointment, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would show up to social media and they would be like, what about this? What about that? And, and I'm talking like waves and waves, like you're stuck in a, in a tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. yeah. I can't imagine. Um, I can so relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, so let's, let's break that down a little further. So you kind of hit on it earlier, but for somebody, let's talk to the people that maybe are wanting to start an ISA department or hire their first ISA. What does that job description, what does their day-to-day -day role look like in your opinion? Well, what most people think it looks like is someone logging in from nine to five or eight to four, and they sit there and they dial and um, you know they're a part of your team in person. In my call center, in my world, when I'm training you to hire someone and fit that person in, we do split shifts and we incorporate the weekends. So they're dialing at the times that people are most likely to answer. 
And we know that off of my seven to eight years of tracking those numbers. So we know that when you sit down to dial from noon to two on Red X in Houston, that's not a good idea (laughs) because you're going to be paying for them to dial and no one's going to answer. Um, So when you hire an ISA, it's also very, it's very important to look at their disc personality assessment. It's important to look at if they're going to dial virtually what their home life looks like. Are they used to sitting down and working? Are, are, are they going to be able to sit down and dial and get through those objections and then also want to be a support system for your team after, after the honeymoon period, you know, after everybody's, you know, no longer patient and we're just exhausted and they have to sit down and they have to dial some more. Um, so hiring your first ISA into your company, I say, do it early on. That way you guys can grow together, um, have your lead sources and know a little bit about your lead sources, make some dials yourself. Um, but then that, that person that you're going to hire, I mean, that's, you're going to go through a couple interviews. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, I can speak from experience hundred percent. Um, it takes a while to find that first right person and you will, you'll hire three before you get one at least. Um, and so because yeah. not everybody is, is cut out for it. And a lot of it from my experience was my own wrongdoings, right? You, I learned from the process as well, uh, but you said something there that is super crucial. And I want to make sure the audience heard that is the best way to start is make sure that you have done it yourself. I say that all the time. We implement anything new in our organization. I'm the guinea pig. I'm the first one that jumps in and tries it. Um, it's a new lead source. It's a new script. It's a new process. It's um, we implemented door knocking, open houses. I'm the guinea pig. I'm going to go there first and show you guys the way as the leader of the organization so that I don't rely on you to figure out all the kinks. I want to figure out the kinks with you. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't mean that I want you, Matt, to go and dial for dollars for six months. I don't want you to stop doing what you're doing and being the rainmaker. You know, you're the highest and best use of your time once upon a time was at the listing appointment. I mean, there was nobody else that could replace you. So I'm not saying to the solo agents out there or those, these massive teams out there to take your bread and butter people or you as the, the owner and sit in that seat for six months but you need to know your CRM and you need to know your leads and you need to call, you know, a dozen of them, 50 of them, a hundred of them and learn the script yourself and understand the, the psychology of these leads and how hard it is <laughs> and what works for you. Right. Yeah, you, need, you need to understand the trials and tribulations that, you're gonna, that they are going to go through. Right. You need to understand the objections they're going to get. You need to understand how to get them. What is the end goal and how do you get them there? And you can't do that by theory. You have to do that by actually taking action and doing that. And so, um, yeah, great way to separate that too, because it's, it could be missed and misinterpreted. Well, I gotta be an ISA for six months before I can hire them. That's not what we're saying. Um, but you at least need to make some calls with the ISAs with your agents on that lead source or have some experience in the past so you can lead them down the right path. Yeah, absolutely. I even encourage, uh, the, the team leader or the sales manager, um, whomever is going to be overseeing the ISA, but I, I love it when the owner gets involved and they can just be a part of the ISA training time block it, do it with us, go on this journey with us. It's eight hours a week. <laughs> and then you can hold them accountable to what you guys learned, but uh, it's, it's hard for our personalities to slow down and pay attention. I mean, we are entrepreneurs. We are all gas until we run out of gas. And then we find the first person that can bring us gas. <laughs> That's right. 
you know, there's very little just slowing down and pre-planning for our future. Yeah. And sometimes some, you're speaking to me right now. Um, and so sometimes, sometimes you got to slow down to speed up. I say that all the time. It's easy to say, it's not easy to do. Um, and this is a perfect example. And an ISA division is, is huge as you leverage, even if you're a single agent, you have a team, you have a brokerage or anywhere in between, it's a huge leverage point for you, for your agents, for your company. Um, and an elite is the go-to um, for how to make sure to maximize that because there is, there are so many things that can go wrong with the ISA department. Um, and, and honestly, I was one of those people. I mean, we sold uh, 766 units last year and we only had an ISA department. There was 20 agents, by the way, we only had an ISA department for the last two months of the year. Like and wow. so it was brand new. And so it was agents doing all the prospecting and, and there was a, it's, and so we've transitioned now to create leverage for the agents so they can have a more quality of life. And so they can get more appointments and they can leverage and scale their business. And it's, it's uh, just finding the right people in the right seats. And it truly helps you scale and leverage if you get this part right. And Alita's, Alita's the go-to. So her training um, is, is unmatched. So uh, for people that are looking for this training, Alita, what, where do they go to to find it? If they want to pay in a normal currency, um, like a standard currency, they can go to isauniversityonline.com. If they want to subscribe in a cryptocurrency, they can go to isauniversity.store and uh, check it out. Um, I put all the modules on Kajabi, so you can actually purchase the recordings for half the price, or you can join us live. Our next ISA live training is June 7th, and we're going to be starting with um, Red X Mojo Vulcan 7 cold calls for the first half of the day, and the last half of the day, we're going to uh, resume with Sierra Interactive for this month, and then we move on to another CRM. So it'll be specific training within specific CRMs, um, but they can join. They're still going to learn a lot and they're still going to be able to implement it to what they're doing. Awesome. And we'll talk more about that later uh, about the opportunity. I just wanted to give you a chance to plug that. If people are listening right now, I want them to know where to go to find this resource. Cause it's, it's a huge hole in our, in, in our, um, in the real estate business as a whole. There is yeah, a lot of training. Yeah. There's agent training. There's all this stuff out there, but there's not a lot of ISA, um, how to's and, and you no, yeah. wrote the book on it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. And even if you have agents, so like you said, you know, you had your agents doing all the heavy lifting and that's a really common thing. Um, you know, I'm very vocal about, you know, Hey, think about your transition out of this because you're going to have buyer agent fatigue. And as your agents are trained out in the field, the highest and best use of their time is going to be working your qualified buyers and going on listing appointments. That's where they're going to make the most money and really the disc profile of your buyers and sellers agents, they want to be out in the field. Mm. Now there's a lot of value to what you did starting out, Matt, where they dialed and they set their own appointments. But when you think about the end game, and I'm sure you experience this where you're like, how can I maximize my agents? You're thinking you have this one in mind and you're like, if I could just get you more appointments and get you off the phone. And then you do the numbers real quickly. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, this would increase our ROI overnight. 1000%. Yeah. You spot on. I mean, there's, there's so many different caveats to that is agents. I want agents doing agent things and agent things are not picking up the phone. That's not why they got their license. But what we had done was that was their only option to be on our team. Now we have expanded that, right? We allow them to do because most agents are high S high I personalities, right? They want to be with people and they want to be face to face with more people. And let's face it. That's where we make money in this business is face to face. 
or as I call it, belly button to belly button. That's where you make money. That's where you build relationships. That's where you can help people. And so we now have been able to leverage through ISAs, agents are doing more of agent things. They're meeting with more people. They're showing more properties. They're meeting more uh, sellers at their houses and doing less of the in-office work because that's not what they signed up to do. Yeah. And how did that change the morale of your company? Oh, nine day difference. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get them back on the phones now, um, but, <laughs> but no, it, it, it makes it way more, way more interesting whenever they are, um, whenever, whenever they, they come in and they want to, they're way more interested in the business. And so what I mean by that is they don't lose, they don't get burnt out as easy. Um, they're more inspired and motivated to go out and help more people versus just crap. I got to make my calls today. I got to make my calls today. Like that was what we drilled in their heads for so long. And that's still an important part of what we do. You still have to follow up. You still have to do all of that. But if now, if we can add to their business and create more leverage through ISAs, that's, that's a huge win. So, Absolutely. Um, well, I want to hit on something else from earlier is that you had mentioned that when you had over 300 ISAs, you came back and um, you said the quality kind of started to suffer. Right. Yes. And so instead of just keeping going and trying to figure out the quality, you kind of revamped your model and you now are working virtually. You have less ISA so you can quality control it. And then you created a training course, which is this ISA university. So other people can implement this themselves and you can help them create their business for themselves versus having to just hire you to do it. And yeah. so I think that speaks a lot to your integrity and to making sure that people are getting what they should get with with the ISA model and it, and I'll ultimately I'm guessing here, but I bet one of your biggest motivating factors in doing that was so you could help more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that that is my natural calling and you probably could have plugged me into any one industry and I would still be coming from, I need to help as many people as I can. And it's yeah. real help. Not just, I put a bandaid on it and it's just going to, you know, pull open and start bleeding again. As soon as I leave, like, I don't want to just make them feel better. I want them to be better when we're done working together. And one of the problems that I found when I was in real estate, going to the classes, seeking help is, is really, there was a lot of motivation to get going and very few specifics on where to go, like specifically where to go. Tell me which road to go down. I no, don't just say, get in my car and motivate me to get in my car. I'm motivated to get in my car. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> now, what road do I need to go on? And, and when I applied that to the ISA world, um, and, and it really, my passion for helping uh, develop ISA started with helping agents. And agents are more than welcome to join any of the training. In fact, they'll, they'll be a huge part of it as well. They'll learn a ton. But there are so many agents where they were on the phone and they are exhausted and almost in tears because it's hard. And when you're to the point where you can't get one more no because you're deflated, you're broke, <laughs> you got a family to feed, and your entire morale is just crashing down, that is a very hard, real space in our world. And that's what you don't see on video. You don't, you know, you don't see in the office. You know, we stay home, we get in our cave, and we don't come out. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what realistic percent. Guy. <laughs> and, and a lot of that too, it just popped in my head as you were saying that is it creates leverage for the agents. And so as the, as an agent, you get whenever, so let's pretend that you are, you're a good agent. So you're probably good at prospecting, right? But if that's a different inside sales versus outside sales is a different skill set. Yeah. 
So most agents are forced to learn both, right? But you break down the team model. Well, they're not good at operations. That's why teams exist, right? To create that leverage. This just adds an extra layer of leverage to go all in on what they are good at, which is allows them to get face-to-face with more people. But then put yourself in an agent's shoes right now. If you're a team leader listening and you don't have ISAs or it's not where you want it to be, your agents are doing double duty. And what happens whenever they get burnt out? What's the first thing they stop doing when they get busy? They stop prospecting. They stop creating new business. And so this helps not only the agent leverage more opportunities, but it also helps your business create that sustainability and get off that roller coaster. Because now you have that leverage when that agent is overwhelmed with appointments, your prospecting doesn't dip, your follow-up doesn't dip because you have that built in to your organization to help make it sustainable and longer lasting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spot on. And and you're speaking like a team leader that just lived through an imbalanced market. Barely survived. (laughs) Yeah, survived. This is what we went through back. I mean, I was already licensed for a few years, but 05, 06, 07. And then ultimately we had the crash, right? Yep. Uh, That whole time, that imbalance in the market, every, anytime there's a huge fluctuation, whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market, and we're on a huge extreme, you get really large amounts of fatigue. And we're usually not prepared to our coaching and training to help our agents through it. So with the right foundation and the right leverage for your team, even in a balanced market, but we tend to create it in the chaos, and it's, it's interesting how that happens because when it's balanced, you're like, oh, we're good. We're good. Numbers are good. Morale's good. Everything's good. But in an extreme chaotic market, we're like, all right, we got we to fix something or we're failing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is coming from me. Like my per person productivity um, last year was over 50 homes per agent that have been with us all year. Wow. And so like, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying like, you're, you're hundred percent spot on. Like talk about burnout and fatigue and those agents are doing their own prospecting. Like, wow. so, um, things had to change. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, as we've grown and developed, it came from necessity. Um, and instead of, again, like we talked earlier, instead of me slowing down to speed up, I just did it while it was chaotic because I didn't think ahead far enough to do that to prevent it from happening. You're like, that's a change now. Right. So let's, uh, let's talk about the average day of an ISA. So what does the, the typical day, if you had to say like an ideal daily schedule of an ISA, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, before they get started or even think they're going to be touching a CRM or touching a lead, we design a dialing calendar. And by designing your dialing calendar, what you want to look at is what lead sources do you have? What pipeline stages do you have? And do you have the right filters in place? to make their dialing sessions effective. For example, if we want to do off-market geo-farming, cold calls, FISBOs for rent by owners, circle prospecting, we want to do that in the morning and we want to do that the first two hours in the morning. We want to do that the last two hours of the evening. And we wanna make sure that we get at least two hours on the weekend. And this is if you're using a dialer like Mojo, okay? Not hand dialing, okay? two hours is not enough for your hand dialing. So just stop. (laughs) (laughs) And then we look at, okay, so let's say, what do we have coming into our CRM? So anything that is opt-in leads, we have hand raisers, whether it's organic or whether it's paid traffic, these are the opt-in leads funneling into your CRM. These can easily be started at 9am, right? And you can easily call these leads or respond to these leads from nine to noon and then get back started around three to four in your time zone. 
And then you're going to dial those and respond to those until you get to the off market time. One ISA, one efficient ISA, I think, and when they're really dialed in could support a team of 10 to 15 agents. Hmm. Most ISAs can only support four to five agents. And it's good to have an ISA that knows your CRM, your opt-in leads, your warm and fuzzies. And it's good to have an ISA that can hit the phones, that high D personality with that, with that high, high to mid C they can cold call. They can close for listing appointments. That's where you're going to have your highest turnover though. Cause they're going to want to be you <laughs> that skills. And it's fine because you find someone else like them. They make great listing. It's what Jeff Glover did, right? He brought in these, these ball busting agents like Justin Ford, powerhouse on the phone, awesome closing agent, trained him as an ISA, got him out in the field. That is a great way to bring on closers on your team. But when we're talking about your lead funnels and your, your opt-in leads that come into your, your CRM, mostly buyers, they can be qualified as sellers, but mostly buyers. You want your nurturing ISA that is never going to leave you with your, with your high S and your mid I and your mid C and they are there for life. They're a team player. They can talk to anybody. They want to see you win and they'll always be on time. You'll never have to worry about them. They can talk to anybody, solve any problem, and they are there for life. You can set a clock to them. They're never, they're, they're, they're keeping you on, right? They're keeping your agents on point. And it's almost like an executive assistant for your CRM. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great, I've never heard that before, but that's hundred percent spot on. Um, I, I've called it like a database manager, but no executive <laughs> assistant for your, for your database. It's hundred percent what it is. Somebody to babysit the database to make sure things don't fall through the cracks and the leads or clients get the service and follow up that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And that database manager, I'll go off of what, what, um, what they're known as in your world, that database manager, when they log on at 9am, they're going to start with their new leads and then they're going to go to their filter. They're going to go to their seven and seven filter that's applied to their entire database that were not pending or closed. And these are going to be the people that had some sort of response in your system, but were not called. They liked something, they opened something, they text something, they messaged something. And they're going to go right to that filter. And everybody that said, can I see this home from the day before? And, and somehow it was missed or that morning. And if they liked something, they opened an email, they're getting a call from your database manager. And that's a great way to make sure that your nurtures are nurtured, your watches are watched your hot leads are, are suggested another home and your archives come back into your pipeline. Hmm. Yeah. 1000%. It, it just keeps everybody top of mind, right? It keeps, um, keeps them interested make sure they get followed up with like they should, because let's go back to the scenario of how I used to run my organization is I didn't have the ISA support. And so agents would be responsible for doing that follow-up. Well, if they had three showings that day with new buyers, that follow-up wasn't happening. And so what happened? We were, we told this client, we would call them tomorrow or call them a week ago. We'd call them in a week. Well, that comes around and they have three clients showing today. So who's, who's, is that the agent's fault that they didn't do that? Or is that my fault as a team leader? I looked in the mirror and said, that's my fault. I have to fix that. That's not fair to the agent. That's not fair to the client. And ISA has been a huge part in fixing that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I have team leaders ask me and, and some of the other people in my space, but they're like, what do you mean the agents shouldn't be the first responders? They, they deserve to get those leads. And I said, what happens when they show them a home and that's not the right home or their offer doesn't get accepted? 
they're pre-approved. They're ready to go. You mean to tell me that they need to be responding to new leads coming in on their phone or sitting there in your office when they should be finding them another home, getting them under contract. That's what they should be doing. And yes, granted, if there's nothing to do and there's nowhere to go and, and, and they're going to help the ISA. Absolutely. But when they have a pre-approved buyer that they don't have under contract, that is their job. And if that home doesn't exist, it is their job to find that home. That's it. Pre-approved, ready to go. That's your job. <laughs> 1000%. That's a great example of what I, what I mean by you just said it so much better than I did of an, that's an agent doing agent things. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's what your, that's what your job is as an agent. And so if you get bogged down by doing this other stuff and ISA is a great leverage point for you in your business. Um, so let's talk about your company for a little bit or, Mm -hmm. or, or your training. Um, and so how does, and I want to underscore something that Alejo has said a little bit earlier. Um, you said that the average ISA, uh, agent supports, uh, four to five agents, but, uh, generally with your training, um, they can support more like 10 or 15. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that really ties into Matt's question as well. So when you get dialed in, when you know your numbers, when you know your lead sources, when you have your SEO and your landing pages all dialed in, because it's not just the person calling, there are things behind the scene. If we look at this as a production assembly line, the mechanics have to be in place right? To deliver the goods, to finalize the product, to get the packaging out to the agents. We have to look at, there's so many moving parts to it, but once you set it and forget it, it just needs ongoing maintenance. It doesn't break, mm. right? So it's, it's worth to put the time in. So for all of our high DIs out there, this is not a waste of time. You don't have to be afraid that you're wasting your time by digging into a report that makes sense. And getting lead sources that make sense and listening to what your team and staff have to say and getting them into coaching and doing the coaching yourself. It's not a waste of time because once you set it and forget it, you're good. And that's what I learned by totally getting rid of this huge production company that was, you know, down on quality mm-hmm. was that if I put my time and attention into this and, and stop the growth and go back to the drawing board, I can build something that I can sustain and build on. And that's what I'm doing with the implementing the ISA model into your guys' company as well. So when you have an ISA and they're setting just enough appointments to keep four to five agents fed, we need to look at appointment quality. We need to look at lead quality. We need to look at lead pass off and what your agents are doing during that appointment. Right? Because once your agents are only getting pre-approved buyers or they're on their way to getting pre-approved, And once your ISAs know what to do with the lead when they answer the phone and have that quality connect and your filters are in place, now all of a sudden your agents only need one appointment a day, one appointment every other day. You have the system where they say that one's under contract. I'm ready for another one. Mm. And they get to know their agents. They can really stack their pipeline efficiently. And an agent's pipeline are people that are ready to go. And ISA's pipeline are getting them ready to go. Yep. It's a very different system. 1000%. 1000%. And that's, that's, um, so that's in a perfect world, right? So let's talk about, let's talk about how to transition to that point, right? Because that's not all, it sounds great. And I, I agree with everything you just said, but let's get into the, into the weeds a bit. Yes. How, do, how does somebody go to the transition? If they're not, if they're not running it exactly how you described right now, 
how do they transition from ISAs doing the database management, the, hey, taking in some of the new leads, agents still doing some of their own prospecting, agents still doing some of the follow-up, and everybody's hands are in the pot, so to speak. How do you transition that into what you just described as the perfect model being the agents just work with the people that are already approved, ready to go. And the ISAs work with people getting them to that point. Yeah. And I love how you use that word transition. This is a six month transition. This is not tomorrow. I am not saying go out and pull the carpet out or a two month transition as Matt's talking about. If you know your stuff, you can transition faster, but have in your mind, okay, we're going to baby step this. The first thing our team leaders or our agents can do is they can, they can buy the pre-recorded version of implementing an ISA model, or they can join me live in July. They need to learn about what that looks like for their business. Okay. We're going to go over your CRM. We're going to go over your lead sources. We're going to go over accountability. We're going to go over hiring. We're going to create an ad. We're going to set goals. There are plenty of teams out there that don't even know what their goal is for the year or what their agent's goals are for the year. And they haven't added that up to have their end goal, <laughs> right? So when you, when you walk in and you're not even ready to have an ISA, um, but you want one, go and, and take the implementing the ISA model course. It's, um, it's four meetings with me. We meet for two hours, once a week, four times. I give you homework. You'll be ready to go. All right. Just time block to make the changes. If you already have an ISA and you're like, I don't know what we're doing here, enroll them into our ISA training and enroll yourself into implementing the ISA model. Because during the ISA training, we are going to go through with them, their filters, their accountability, their scripting, and their lead sources. So your ISA will come to us and I'm there and my lead trainers are there. And we're going to ask them, what are your, what, what are your sticking points? What are your bottlenecks from the ISA? People aren't answering. Um, people are hanging up on me. I don't know what to say. We're going to solve that right then and there. That is what we're training them on are those specifics. They're going to listen to us live dial. And then through the course, we're going to mirror match them with them with their dialing. Okay. We're going to organize their CRM. Most of you guys, your CRMs are like your laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there. <laughs> with the kids throwing it and the husbands and the wives and we're all the, the, the collect all right. That's your, that's where you're running a business and you're expecting to make a, a, you know, a lot of money and be systematic and we have to organize it and your ISA will organize it with us. That's what you're paying us to do. All right. We get your, your CRM, we get the base at the foundation of your ISA. So they, they know their job and purpose. We get a skill set under them and we get the team leader informed on implementing the ISA model and it will start to come together just from there. And this isn't a, this isn't a quick fix or there is, we're putting in the work, but the, the details are so specific. And so just, no, we're doing it now. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you a bunch of, uh, tell you a bunch of things to, you take a bunch of notes and you go home and do it at night. No, we are doing it right now. Open up your CRM. These are the filters that you need. Click the button. What do you see? Mm -hmm. We're fixing caller IDs. We're fixing their, their mood on the phone. We're fixing... <laughs> you know, how they approach people. And then we're showing them how we do it. Even note-taking and appointment pass-off are covered in our training. And so through those, through the course of that month, and they can enroll for multiple months, but through the course of that month, we are showing them what they're doing wrong. And it, it is going to be a combination or one of those things that's very easily fixed. 
Love it. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to dive into that training. Um, just to be honest. So you've already hundred uh, percent. I, I love your attention to detail. You barely scratched the surface on some of this stuff and it just stands for how much more is there. Um, the intricacies that you're doing with each piece that you're saying, if we can improve your note taking by 1%, we're going to do that. And I'm going to show you how, and then if we can improve this system by 2% and this bit here, you add all of that together. That's what makes the difference. It's not this giant, Hey, do this one thing. And your ISA company is going to be completely flipped. That's why it takes that six months of, Hey, so every time that you do this, if you do it slightly differently, you're going to get a much higher success rate. Um, that's, that's a huge testament to, to how much research and, uh, effort you guys have put into this, man. Absolutely. And you know what it actually it came from? We were, I pioneered massive production style recruiting with a uh, rich rector and Keller Williams. And one of the things that I found out while we were doing recruiting calls and giving them notes is we would give them this paragraph and rich rector called me one day and he's like, my team leaders, I mean, they need to read notes, but this is, this is crazy. Awesome detail, mm-hmm. but this is crazy. And him and I work together on bullet points that team leaders will read and pay attention to. And then we apply that to the ISA world and we have it broken down. People, a lot of people know the LP mama script, right? Not that we use that script specifically, but we have the notes broken down by motivation, qualifications. What are they looking for? Personal information and bullet points price range, address, contact information. Mm -hmm. And when we teach that to the ISA, not only do they know what they have to ask for on the phone, but now we're, we're training the agents how to work their leads. Because when you pass off a qualified lead and an agent knows they're selling their home, they're buying a home, they're moving across town to get into a better school district. Their issue is that they have three dogs and two cats. They need a backyard and it has to be within a commute area. Well, now when the agent calls that lead back to work with them and they read the notes, they say, Hey, you spoke with my assistant, Alex. It looks like we need to get a backyard, you know, for, for Huey, Dewey and Louie and, you know, Simon and, and uh, Garfunkel. And here we go. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. I'll be there at six. You're not going to get canceled on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so just that part. Mm-hmm. Well, they feel very, it's, it's not just feel heard. They were heard. And then you reiterate, you're mirroring that back. Hey, you said you needed this. I've got the perfect yard. Yeah. It's within, it's right next to a school dri- district. Let's yeah. go. And you're yeah. like, okay, perfect. Let's go for yeah. it. Yeah. And even in this market, when you're saying, I don't know if I can find that, but I really want to. You don't have to regain their trust. Mm-hmm. And when um, we, we pass off appointments to agents and they say, well, what's this appointment about? And I said, did you read the notes? Well, no. Okay. The notes are on your calendar. The notes are in your CRM and the notes are in your email. Read the notes and then call me back. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea this was here. So now we're training our agents to read the notes mm-hmm. and they will in return, put notes back in if we ask them to. 100%. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of things I want to break down there is that um, a common misconception is that ISAs, all they do all day long is cold call. Yeah. And that's in my experience, Alita, correct me if I'm wrong. In my experience, it has very, very, very little to do with cold call. Like that's not what they are. They are calling hand raisers. They are doing follow-up. They are doing more of the, it's, it's maybe not the handling the hot buyers or sellers, right. But it's the warm ones. 
And it's the ones that are cool to get them to warm. It's hand raisers. It's people that are, like you said, the systems that you create in your business that helps your agents sell houses right now. Just put plug your ISAs into and make break those systems into two, right? And plug your ISAs into make, keeping the warm people warm, maybe moving them to hot and getting the cool people to warm. Just move yeah, them yeah. to the next stage and then hand them off, transition them to the agent when they're ready. Um, yeah. Because if you bring an ISA in and you just give them a, a, a phone book and start calling, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like there are circle prospecting. There are things that you can do to implement into your ISA. But my recommendation would be your first place to start is to treat them like they are your database executive assistant, like Alita said. And what can you, what, what, what is falling through the cracks in our database? Because we want to stop things from falling through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit it right on because if we take a room of broke agents, broke, hungry agents that are enrolled in our coaching programs, and we say, where would you go right now, right now to get someone that's ready right now? Very few of them would say, I'd call my lender and say, who'd you just get pre-approved? And then very few of them would say, oh, I'd go right to my database for someone that liked a home that I had already spoken to that was in my car last week. Almost all of them, because this is how we're trained, they'd go, oh, I'd go to a gas station and pass out cards. Oh, I'd hold an open house. Oh, I'd, I'd do cold calls. I'd call expireds. I'd, I'd go door knock. No, all of your money is sitting right there. And I know it because when we dial through it, production style, just massively dialing through and cleaning up your databases, we're seeing 50% missed opportunities. And that means they already purchased, they already sold. Yep. So team leaders, team leaders, broker owners, I challenge you. If you don't, if you disagree with what Alita said, do this exercise because I've done it on call night, you bring in new agents, you do whatever, go through and call your pond leads, go through, call your archives, call leads that are not hot leads and have everybody do it. And I want you to track one thing and one thing only. How many people already bought or sold with somebody else that are in your database? It will absolutely blow your mind. What Alita is talking about helps minimize that. Um, and if you can cut that down by 50%, because I know from experience, um, one call night, we had over 50 people we talked to that bought or sold with somebody else. Yes. And one night. Yeah. So say, say we could have earned half their business. That's 25 people in one night, in one night that we could have helped buy or sell. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And so there are, and that's just the people we talked to. That doesn't count the people we haven't got to the people that are in there that didn't answer or didn't tell us the truth, right? Whatever it may be. So there's a lot of opportunity in your database and building an ISA department, taking these trainings that Alita is talking about will help you maximize your investment in your leads for your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what if I told you that your leads aren't answering anymore because they were already helped? You want to tell me that a lead came in your funnel and you waited three days to call it or a week to call it and now they're not answering. So the leads are bad. Yeah. Let's change this up a little bit. I don't know if your leads are bad until you're calling them and texting them a couple of attempts a couple times a day, really trying to talk to them. I, I have no idea. I mean, I can based by other people, but when you come to me and you say this lead source is bad, I go, really? Cause we just got 20 closings over here by it for so-and-so down the way. <laughs> and so I changed Alita. Um, that, that's a great point. I changed our language internally is we don't, we don't refer to them as leads anymore. We refer to them as opportunities. Awesome. Yes. Because everybody that's in our database raised their hand in one way, shape or form. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, 
we no longer can say the leads are bad. They got into our ecosystem, into our funnel by raising their hand and taking some sort of action to be there. Yes. And, and another, another language adjustment we make is we don't sell people. We help people. And so uh, when you have these opportunities in your database and your job is to help them, it's way easier to make that phone call. It's way easier to get rejected. And it's way easier to get past those objections because you're not trying to sell them anything. You're yes. truly just trying to help them. And if they can feel that on the other end of the phone, it makes a big, big difference because you're actually listening to understand versus listening to reply. You're trying to do this stupid assumptive close or whatever old school selling techniques don't work anymore versus just actually having a conversation with a real person and working through the problems with them to build that trust and rapport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're helping people. You said it so well. We are helping people. We're and everybody coming in just, I just got to just confirm exactly what you said. If you have a CRM and they are coming into your CRM, you're not importing them. They are coming in. They are showing up saying, hi, Mm -hmm. those are opportunities. They signed up for this. That's right. They want to be there. (laughs) And then I'll, I'll even challenge the agents. So some, and some people may be going through this. Um, um, So I have some newer agents that I'm working with their mindset on this. So like, well, they told me they didn't want to buy. I don't believe what people say. I believe what people do. Mm-hmm. The reason that they're telling you they don't want to buy a home, but they're on our site every single day for the last three months is because you have not been good enough at a conversation to help, to help them realize that you're trying to help them and not sell them. Mm-hmm. They don't think they need you. That's why they say, no, I'm not looking to buy a house. And so mm-hmm. you have not done a good enough job as an agent showing them how you're going to help them and walk them through, hold their hand through this process and show the value that you bring yes. to their situation. Mm-hmm. Well, cause in that uh, situation, they might be like, no, I don't, uh, I don't want to buy. No, the actual root of it is I don't think I can afford something like that. Um, I, I would love that, but there's no way that I can. So I'm just looking right now. And if instead yeah. you work on the education side of things and go, actually, um, there are multiple options for you here. Let's take a look at some of those. You've unlocked something completely different. You've solved the problem and created value. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when we're calling back through and they're like, oh no, we don't want to buy. Or even a new lead. No, no, we don't want to buy. Oh, okay. Did you need to sell before you could buy? Maybe it's yes. Oh, no, we just can't get pre-approved. Oh, okay. Well, tell me more about that. Dive, dive deeper. You might know a lender that can get them pre-approved. But mm-hmm. just like Matt said, if you go into it, wanting to help them, wanting to solve their problem, because at one point in time they did, even if you ask, oh, really, what happened? That would be a justified, ongoing, open-ended question because at one time they did. And you might hear, oh, it wasn't for me, it was for my neighbor. Who the heck logs on for their neighbor? I want to, <laughs> I don't even think I've known a neighbor that well. <laughs> okay, great. You guys must be best friends. Are they home? Let's get them on the phone to see how I can help them. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and it's, it's, and we're kind of getting into the sales tactics here, but I think this is a good conversation is because too many agents try to handle objections when they're not really objections. The best way to handle objections is in advance first and foremost. And the second thing is you cannot. So sales in my world, sales, the definition is solving problems. That's what I get paid to do is solve problems but I can't solve the problem if I can't find the problem. Yes. So what most salespeople get wrong is they try to solve the wrong problem. Yes. You have to get better at finding the root of the problem, not their bullshit answer that they give you. Like as an example, they'll say, well, I'm just looking. And most agents will be like, okay, well, let me know if you find anything you like. That's, 
just looking is not an objection, right? Just looking is a good thing because guess what you can help them do? You can help them buy a house that they're looking for. That's a good thing. And then people will say, well, that's a terrible lead. They don't want to talk to me. No, they told you they're looking to buy a house. Like Mm -hmm. let's work through this. Exactly. Exactly. And I love it when the, when the agent hangs up and they go, oh, they said that they were just looking. And I, I, I told, I said, what'd you say? Well, I told them, let me know when they found something. Do you have an appointment to talk to them, to ask them? Are you going to meet them somewhere? How are you going to know? Mm-hmm. They're going to call you? <laughs> like yep. if they're still on the phone and, and I go, okay, who hung up first? And the agent mm-hmm. always says, I hung up first. Okay. You killed that deal. You need to call them back and help them. Yep. I know what they're looking for. I've never heard anybody else say that before. I said that in my sales meeting yesterday to my team is that <laughs> we hang up on way more leads than they hang up on us. Yep. Yep. Cause you clam up, you don't know what to do or say, cause you're following a script. And I said, let's take this away. These are not objections. These are opportunities to help them. Even when we role play with our ISAs and with your ISAs, when you guys enroll them for whoever's listening, When we role play, I say, tell me a problem you could not solve. Give me an objection that you could not handle on the phone to close that appointment. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we role play that with our other ISAs. Okay. Who's handled that one before? Who is successfully able to overcome that problem and help them? Mm -hmm. And that's great strategy for your agents because it's not a script. We're learning how to handle someone's problem on the fly without having to think about it, gather our research and come back. And even at the end of the day, you say, let me talk to my broker about this and I will call you back. Even if you don't know what to say. Right. And they say, I'm just looking, okay, great. What area in this area? And you're like, Oh shoot, there's never any homes for sale there. You know what? That is a tough area. Let me talk to my broker and I'll call you back. Even if that's how you handle a basic customer service one-on-one, you're not just going, all right, Tell me when you find something. Bye. <laughs> right. Now, now you actually know a little bit more about their situation. So you can be proactive in your follow-up. hundred percent. I love it. Follow-up follow yes. is an, a problem that you couldn't solve. <laughs> That's right. And so too many never. So I have a rule, never leave this appointment without setting your next appointment. Right. And so, um, if you guys just follow that and, and that's even more important, another thing, another thing I wanted to, uh, talk about with you, Alita, and maybe you can help me through this, honestly, selfishly, I want to ask you this for me. Um, (laughs) how do you, how do you improve the show up rate in the transition from ISA appointment set to agent meeting the appointment? How does that process work for you? And what tips do you have to improve that? If that rate is lower than it should be. That's a really good question, especially in this market. And one of the things that I found is either we were setting an appointment too far in advance and the home didn't exist anymore, or or they found another agent that could show it to them sooner. Um, One of the, and let me just lead into that a little bit further before I go on to the next problem to solve potentially in that situation. When we're setting appointments for ourselves as agents, we're going off of our calendar. And when we're already booked out, and someone calls us on Tuesday pre-approved and we offer them a showing on Saturday, they're not showing up. They're going to call someone that can meet them sooner. And that's one of the biggest issues that we found with agents setting appointments for themselves with a stacked calendar and wasting time with non-approved, non-qualified buyers because an ISA should look for the next agent available in this market within the next 12 hours, unless the home can't be shown, but now, today because this is our market. We're in a now today market. 
And especially if that buyer wants to see it today. So a lot of times when agents are setting appointments for themselves, and I know that's not the specific question, but when an ISA is told to give it back to that agent and don't move it around, and that agent isn't available for three days, they're doing what they're told. And so now all of a sudden this appointment is set too far out mm-hmm. and we have to set it now. And we have to, even if the, the buyer says, okay. And they go, well, they said, okay, you know, better. This is not the market for this. That house will be gone. You know, better than that. You know, better than to wait and sleep on them getting pre-approved. You know, better than to wait and sleep on showing them that house and seeing if that's the one. Okay. Now let's go back to your specific question of the ISA sets the appointment and there's a no-show. We've been able to um, really fine tune that by setting same day appointments and then a three-way text between the ISA, the agent and the client. We've also been able to solve that in addition to that with using Calendly where we set the appointment using Calendly around the agent's schedule, accommodating for drive time, right? And we can. And we add the clients, the buyer's email address or the seller's email address and the agent's email address. And now they're on a Calendly appointment together. They're on a three-way text together. Um, And a lot of times, if you're really dialed in, Matt, your agents can create an intro video, just a real candid, hey, my name's Matt. I look forward to seeing you. Um, You know, let us know if you need anything whatsoever, if you need to adjust the time. And, you know, I specialize in selling real estate in your area. But if there, if there's anything else I should know before we meet, please feel free to reply to this text message. Send done. I've even have agents do it in a blazer that they always wear on every appointment. And it looks like they filmed it that day. It's their, it's their car blazer. They just, they put it on whatever shirt they're wearing. <laughs> their car blazer. We're talking micro. And I don't think really think you need to do that. But if you have every agent candidly film a video, that's not going to say date or time. That's just encouraging them, da, da, da. And the ISA is sending that out in a three-way text message. That's powerful. All right. So this is gold. So I think, yeah. So there's a few adjustments I need to make um, to pat myself on the back a little bit. The intro text, the appointment reminder and Calendly and the video text. I'm having the agents do that live. Um, But like, so all of that, it has helped improve it. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm missing personally is the... um, the urgency and don't, why are we setting an appointment for next week or three days from now? Like, no, we need, we're the, we're in the now business. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's probably an adjustment I need to make. And I love the idea of pre-recorded videos sent by the ISAs. That way we make sure it gets done. Right. Agents are busy. They're out on showings. They forget. Yeah. You never know. And then, I mean, a lot of times the nature of an agent and it's a good problem to have is that we send out that three-way text and they don't reply for an hour. Yep. I I'm sorry, guys, this is too long. And if we can even, even if it's a, an automated thing where you send out a text and a text goes out where the ISA can do it, it looks like it, you know, it looks like it's coming from them. They're introducing themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then it'll buy them time. But, um, the other thing too, I mean, if it's a high value client, you have to know your price ranges. I mean, even, even anybody today that's pre-approved, they're very excited because we came out of a pandemic and they're like, why, aren't, why don't you want to help me? I'm ready to go. I want to pay you. I want to get you paid, you know? Yep. And when you take too long to call them or text them back and you just show up, I, it's just, it doesn't feel good. And people always remember how you make them feel. You know, they might not remember what you said. They will right. always remember how you make them feel. 
And so just a little bit of extra sprinkles on top, just a little bit of suggesting sprinkles would be great. <laughs> a little bit of cream, cherry on top. Never a little heard. bit, a little bit. <laughs> You're hundred percent spot on. People don't, don't necessarily remember what you said, but they always remember how you made them feel every time. Okay. Um, it's yeah. a great analogy. And if you think you're going to be late, let them know as soon as you know, everybody under, everybody understands driving, everybody, everybody gets it. But if you think you're going to be even a couple minutes late, just call them, call them and say, Hey, I'm stuck on this highway. Personally, I'm right here. This is where I'm at. I'm going to be a couple minutes late, you know, just hang out real quick. I'll be right there. That communication piece is lacking. I think in all of parts of our life, but in your business, it has to be there. Really, really, really has to be there. I mean, that goes back to the general rule of thumb. You ask any client in a real estate setting, what is your biggest complaint about our industry? Lack of communication. Yep. Yep. Like the cool thing about that is that's in our control. Yeah. Right. Like that's easy fix. Just, Hey, I'm running five minutes late. Text him five minutes early and say, Hey, I'm running five minutes late. Had this and this happen. I'll be there. Be there shortly. Yeah, you will understand, right? But then you better be there within five minutes late. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, the nature of our business, you know, we don't. Every time we're late, we're apologizing. We're late. We're blowing right past them. We're opening up the door. Slow down. Let them know. Communicate with them. They are your priority. That's another reason why we don't want new leads coming in, making them late. They're sitting there on the phone with their client there, parked behind them. They're on the phone with a new lead. They got a client right there, pre-approved. Mm. They don't want to lose them because they got to call them within three minutes. I mean, it's, it's so distracting. Then they get there. They didn't read the notes. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't know they got three dogs to move. It's a disaster. If you want your agents to be in the CRM prior to the appointment, have them looking at the lead they're about to meet, not working a new lead. They shouldn't even be there. Like you have a client right in front of you. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 1000%. And like talking to somebody when you're already dating someone, stop it. <laughs> I love it. That's a great analogy. Like <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a quote actually call and put it on our fridge in the office is when you limit you, your focus, when you limit your focus, you expand your potential. <laughs> Too many people are trying to do the shotgun approach. We need to, we need to, in our real estate businesses in life in general, be more of the sniper find one thing and go really, really deep on that and become master that the secret is in the mastery of one thing. And then when you become mastered, you, you said it earlier, your one thing is, so you have the same mindset Alita is because you have to master one thing. Don't get me wrong. You can still be great at other things, but if you can go deep on one thing and master it, now it becomes a habit. Now find something else versus trying to be the jack of all trades and the master of none, find one thing and master it. And then you, once you become a habit there, find something else. And so in this case, agents in your model, which makes total sense is what we went to is we want agents to focus, do agent things. Meaning you've got a client that you're going to meet in 10 minutes. Why are you answering the phone for a new lead? You should be focused on how am I going to help this client I'm meeting in 10 minutes? Yeah. That you need to have your focus on those people that are ready to transact right now. And as a team leader, uh, my responsibility is to have a backup or a safety net for those agents in that exact situation to make sure that we can keep their funnel going and keep helping those other people that are reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. And it really stems from your guys's culture. You know, I mean, in, in your guys's culture, um, even if your agents are, are setting appointments still, and they just know they can't get to that lead that day. And that lead needs to be seen that day. And they go to the next agent then and say, Hey, are you available? 
This one was assigned to me. I can't help them. If you promote that culture, everybody is going to be making so much money and winning together. Think about that, that camaraderie. I can't help them today. It's a company lead. Can you help them? They're yours. I'm transferring them to you. Thank you. Thank you for helping them. 1000%. I like it's, I can see in your, in your body language and hear it in your voice. That that's a frustration you've probably had from your seat um, with other teams that you've worked with because it's, it's tough. I've been in other organizations. I've, I coached some other teams and that's a tough thing to do. But if, if you are a leader in your organization, or just if you're an agent in an organization, that should be your goal to strive for that. I remember having a conversation with an agent I was recruiting to my team years ago. Um, and they one of their questions as we were getting close to the end of them coming on board was, well, what happens if the husband registers on this, on our, on our site, but the wife's already in somebody else's database, how do you handle that? And I said, I don't. And he looked at me like, what do you mean? Well, you have to, no, I don't handle that because I let the team handle that. And the culture does what's best for the client. And the reason I don't is because we all have the same values. We all have the same guardrails that we operate within and we realize what's good for the team is good for the individual. And so we do what's best for the client, what's best for the team. And then we, we work it out. It's very, very rare that still to this day, we have 45 agents. It's still rare to this day that anybody comes to me with a lead dispute. It just doesn't happen because we ingrain that in our culture and we have the right people to understand it's we're helping, we're helping the client. It's not about the commission we're making. It's about the client we're able to help. And how are we as a team able to help that client on a higher level? And that's how we all went. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you're establishing that as a culture, but then you're also setting the the expectations for that ownership. Hmm. When you have a team and your value proposition is here, come join us. We're going to give you leads. Their company leads for the company team. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you have to set that expectation or else you're going to have a whole just world of problems in your database, especially in this market. In a balanced market, you can get away with it. But in this market, you can't. Yep. Um, there's one thing that I wanted to, to just touch on. Um, I love that you guys are already doing videos just to kind of go back to that because you guys are already doing videos when you are asking me about um, the kept rate for appointments. One of the things that I struggled with, because I used to record the bomb bomb videos and the video, it went from bomb bomb videos, real professionals sent out live. Then it was pre, then it was uh, iPhone videos sent out live. And, and then it became this pre-recorded video. And that's where I was saying, now it's a pre-recorded video that could be used in almost any situation, maybe one for buyer, one for seller. And the ISA sends it out so that it's there right away. It's coming from my personal experience as well. And one of the hardest parts about being a real estate agent, when you're flying all day, when you're going from this place to that place and doing it, a consumer sitting in their office, listening to a chaotic high energy video of an agent driving down the road or at lunch or walking down a hallway, clearly high energy, clearly hustling, clearly a closer or a little bit of a mess that's transferring to them in a calm, different environment. And just be aware of that. I just want to put that out there because me taking a video, Hey, I'm going right here. Da, 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 da. I can't wait to see you. Blah, blah, blah. I'll be there to, you know, uh, sweet Jessica sitting in her office, having an SC personality. She's going to be like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, you really, you got to make a neutral video that can go to anybody. And then when you find out that they're a DI like you party it up, 
Sure. Yep. If they're an SC and there's a lot of them that come in that, that agree to an appointment and they're ready to go. And they're, they're just in a different environment. And when you are chaotic, high energy, you know, girls, we get the makeup lines and <laughs> it, it's just a totally different, um, take on it. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're not checking themselves before they wreck themselves, but <laughs> <laughs> it can be a disaster. So I would just well, yeah, if, if you're, I mean, and so, yeah, and I'll, I'll accept responsibility. That makes total sense. And I've, I'll, I'll adjust. Um, cause that's been our strategy is the agent, no matter what, within five minutes sends that video text. Well, if and you're you driving started. and you have terrible service, you have all of that and you're sending that, what impression does that give to the client? That's a terrible idea. So, um, hundred percent started. So you yeah. started it. They're doing, you did a starting point and everybody doing it. Honestly, that is one of the hardest parts to even start doing. So everybody needs to be proud of themselves for starting. And it's just like with my company, I started and you got to go back and audit. And I'm just saying, take a, cause it might not even be a problem. Your team, I mean, led by you, they could be straightening their collars and not driving down the road and, and not hustling from, you know, that's not what's happening, but <laughs> I appreciate it. But just in case, uh, you don't want to scare people away or it could just be a fun, you know, the, the clients might think that it's funny. Yeah. I just want no, to that's, that yeah. That's a great analogy. And, and it also puts it, puts it more controllable. It's a more calm video that more people can be attracted to or relate to. And it helps make sure it gets delivered in a timely manner. I think there's so many positives to that for sure. Mm -hmm. It's a good lead into the disc profile for understanding your client too. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a good lead in and yeah. it's hard for, especially if you have a, a high I and they're, they're a high ID, like their I is highest. Those personalities really don't understand that everybody isn't like them. And it's just, they're in the sales world and we love them and they, they attract the people they're going to attract. But when you're giving them clients, they're not naturally attracting those clients. It gets to be hard. Yeah. 1000%. All right. Um, Alita, let's wrap this up. This has been great, by the way. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. taking the time and being here. Um, so guys, I told you, you get value no matter where you are in your business from this. Um, like I said, Alita is the ISA queen. Um, so we are just scratching the surface of the knowledge that she has. And so if you are looking for some training in, in your ISA division and want to start your ISA division, just kind of want to see what she has to offer, um, Alita, where should they go to check that out? Go to isauniversityonline.com. And if they're in the crypto space and they want to do transact everything in crypto, they go to isauniversity.store. And it'll be the same great stuff. You can just, it's very easy to attach your wallet. And I'm very much in the crypto tokenization space. So um, you have that full option, full service menu. But for everybody else, go to isauniversityonline.com and you'll be able to find everything there. Um, my content creator really worked hard on the website. We're really proud of it. So <laughs> even if you just want to check it out and, and uh, be a part of the movement, it's pretty cool. Awesome. And, and for those of you listening, that'll be in the show notes as well for easy access. Lita, you also said that you have a training coming up in July. Um, yeah. So June 7th is our oh, starting ISA training. Again, we took the month off just to um, think about launching this CRM specific. So I'm actually working with the co-creator of Sierra interactive right now on specific agent team CRMs to give three examples of what your CRM might look like 
how to change it without disrupting, um, you know, your creativity. And then we're training the ISAs on that CRM, but you can still join, even if you don't have CRM interactive, because we're going to be working with you in your CRMs. Um, so that's June 7th. And then, uh, July 12th is when you can do the live implementing the ISA model with me. Um, I'm, I coach that one. You only get me, I do the ISA training as well, but my lead ISAs do come in and help supplement the time. Nice. So if anyone's wanting to jump on this, which everyone should, uh, you have a, a wonderful opportunity to, to dive right in. Yep. You'll get one-on-ones and specific training for your specific situation. And if you're not sure if it's for you, just send a message to the website or come find me on social media and let me know your situation. And I'll either tell you, Hey, you're perfect. You're a smooth running machine or yeah, we can fix a couple things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Alita. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to close out with? Uh, just if you're in Matt's area and you need to join a team, he's the team to join. So absolutely. <laughs> I would, I, if I was to join any real estate team um, in your state, it would be yours. I love how you run things. I love your culture and I just admire everything that you've done. Awesome. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. So I appreciate it. And same to you. Um, if you're looking for anything ISA related, um, Alita is absolutely the go-to guys. Mm-hmm. So make sure you check out her website, check out her courses. You won't regret it. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. If you found anything this valuable, please share this with your friends. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a passion project of mine. This business has done so much for me and my family, and this is my way to give back. I'm also a real estate coach with Cheplack Select Coaching. So if you are interested in having a coaching consultation with me, please check out the link below. All or Nothing in Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate community in a positive way. So make sure you're following us on all social social platforms and subscribe to us on YouTube. Most importantly, make sure you've requested to join All or Nothing in Real Estate's private Facebook group. That is a private group that we keep in exclusive content and we do it in a private setting to make sure it remains a community of contribution. There's a lot of great in-depth content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this of value, please share this with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute to make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again.